What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Linnea Sheehan on today's episode. I am so excited because this is an update episode. The last time we chatted, it was a long time ago. It was over a year. Yeah, over a year ago. Yeah. Um, And she was episode 43. So if you want to go back and listen, catch up on her journey, go do so. But Linnea, if you just want to give us a little bit of like where we left off in the last episode and then what's all happened since. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me on today. Um, So like you said, last week spoke was May of 2019, quite a while ago. Um, At that time, I had suffered two missed miscarriages. Um, The first one was around 15 weeks in August of 2018. And then my second miscarriage was around eight and a half weeks in March of 2019. Um, I had two DNCs done after both miscarriages and genetic testing done. Um, and also in between those first uh, miscarriage, in between the first and second miscarriage, I underwent two surgeries to correct the uterine septum. Um, they also found endometriosis and a blocked fallopian tube and all sorts of other fun stuff during those surgeries that they took care of. Um, so that's kind of where we were. I'd had four surgeries. And when we last spoke in May of 2019, I was sort of in, I think you, I think you put it on your podcast, um, sort of in the state of limbo. Um, I was treating with a reproductive specialist. Um, that's the person who had done the septum surgeries and everything. Um, and I think they were sort of at a loss as to what to do with me. Um, they were trying to get us to move forward at that point with IUI or IVF. Um, my husband and I weren't sure what to do. We weren't too fond of the idea of either one of those options. We hadn't had trouble conceiving up to that point. Um, and you know, both of those things aren't, aren't an easy option to, to make. I mean, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of, you know, stuff to do with your body. And it was just, it wasn't something we were interested in at that time. So we decided to take a break from the doctor Um, We scheduled an appointment with a recurrent pregnancy loss specialist um, for September of 2019. It just took a long time to get in with her. Um, So we decided we would take that summer to just kind of try on our own and hopefully we'd get pregnant. We could cancel that appointment and everything would be great. and We'd move forward. Um, The recurrent pregnancy loss specialist, I do have to say we were excited to at least be able to make the appointment with her. Um, She's right here in the Chicagoland area, which is where we're from. And from doing research, it doesn't seem like there's too many of them in the United States. And a lot of women travel all over to come and see her. So we just felt really fortunate that she was in the area. Um, But we couldn't see her for several months. So we took the summer of 2019 to try and get pregnant. Um, Pretty frustrating summer, to be honest. We were trying every month, nothing was happening. And the first two times we got pregnant, it was pretty quick. So at this point it had been several months since we had gotten pregnant 
and I was starting to panic a little bit. But lo and behold, September of 2019 came around and the appointment was on a Monday, but the Friday before the appointment, I got a faint positive and was super excited, but also very cautious. Um, it was very faint, but you could, you could see the line. And um, yeah, so we called them up and said, hey, this happened, you still wanna see us? And they said, sure, we'll just follow you during your pregnancy. And of course, you know, going through what I've gone through and trying for several months at that point, I was addicted to peeing on a stick. <laughs> and I kept taking tests that entire weekend. And unfortunately, the line just kept getting fainter to the point where I don't even think by Monday morning there was a line anymore. So we went to the recurrent pregnancy loss specialist. They immediately, when I got there, I kind of told them, you know, look, I don't know if I'm pregnant or not. There's no more line. They took blood work as soon as I got there. And then they sat down with us and they took a full health history. Um, and after that was over, they kind of came back with the HCG levels and they said, it's looking like it, this was a chemical pregnancy. You know, we're sorry. Um, which I kind of was prepared for just from what was happening with the testing at home. But this appointment with the recurrent pregnancy loss special, it was about two hours and it was very thorough. Um, they, it was a whole team of doctors. They really sat down with us. Um, you know, wanted to know everything that we've gone, that we went through at that point. It was, I felt like the first time I felt like anyone was listening to us and they took a ton of blood work. I think they took like 20 vials of blood from me. They took blood from my husband. They then sat down and basically presented us like a case study, which is weird when you're in the room, but they presented us like a case study to the specialist and she talked to us, she had charts and all sorts of things, but she did caution us that, you know, we could go through all this testing. And at the end of the day, I think it was like 50% of couples um, are unexplained. There's just no reason why you continue to have miscarriages. Um, and then she asked us, you know, to take off the month of September of trying so that we could do a little more testing and we would reconvene at the beginning of October. So I left that appointment finding out that I had a chemical pregnancy, but I left optimistic. I left hoping they would find the cause, they could fix it, we would move forward. My husband left um, feeling a, little more, a bit more apprehensive. He was, um, I don't, he was hoping that we'd be part of the group that didn't have an answer. He didn't really want there to be anything wrong. Um, so, through the month of September, I had some further testing. They looked at my uterus, made sure everything was looking good after all those surgeries, which it was. Um, they did this cool thing where um, I had had those genetic testing done on the prior embryo and fetus, and they both came back normal female. But I guess sometimes when they do that, they accidentally test like the myself or like the pregnant woman instead of the fetus or embryo and that comes back normal female. So they are able to like extract the DNA from those prior genetic testings and look at them compared to mine to make sure they tested correctly, um, which they did. So that was good. Um, 
and they did testing on both my husband and I and everything was coming back fine. The lab work was very extensive. I had my thyroid checked already and you know, other, other things that a normal reproductive specialist would look at, but this went even above and beyond that. There was just so much they tested for. Everything came back normal. So at the beginning of October, when we met with her, she said, you know, unfortunately you're part of that pie chart that they don't have a reason for why we continue to miscarry, um, but that we were given the go ahead to continue to try to take some baby aspirin every day and to start progest like to track my cycle and to start progesterone after a certain number of days after I ovulate. I had done progesterone prior, but it was always after I tested positive and this time it was like they wanted you to do it. I forgot how many days after ovulation, but it was a set number of days and to continue to take it until you either have a period or you get a positive test. Um, so we left you know, pretty, pretty excited to start trying that month. It was, you know, our anniversary month. We had a vacation in the mountains planned. It was like, okay, this is go time. This is going to happen for us. Almost like a new beginning. So we continued to try. And unfortunately, we weren't getting pregnant. Um, we tried through the holidays. We were doing the tracking. Everything just... I, I don't know, I started to hit a low point at that part, at that point, you know, we were leaving holiday parties, we were seeing all these young kids and social events with friends and family. And we were just, one of us would be le like leaving that party in tears, just upset that, you know, we wanted a family of our own and it wasn't happening. Um, then February, 2020 came around and a similar to the beginning of September, I tested positive on a Friday. I had some blood drawn, then continued to test through the weekend, wasn't getting any darker. And by Monday, I had a second blood draw and they confirmed another chemical pregnancy. So just really feeling kind of bad at this point. Um, just was this ever going to happen for us? Um, and I was just getting really, really sick of tracking and everything. Um, March of 2020 arrived, you know, the month after the chemical pregnancy, I didn't get pregnant. I was so tired of tracking ovulation, then symptom spotting, then, you know, taking a million pregnancy tests. And with, when you take progesterone like that, it, for, for a lot of women, it delays your period. You feel like you have all these pregnancy symptoms. So you get really excited and then it's just, I don't know, there's just this major, major emotional downfall when, when your period arrives. So I was just, by the end of March, I was just really at a low point. My husband booked us a spa vacation to try and cheer me up. Um, but of course, that was the weekend that COVID decided to wreak havoc, havoc on our state and they shut everything down, um, you know, told us to quarantine. And so that got canceled. Um, but I think quarantine sort of changed, changed things for me in a good way. Um, you know, I, my husband was around a lot more. He wasn't working as much. I was not going into the office. Um, any other commitments we had outside of work were canceled. We didn't have to see any friends or family. 
Um, it was, should have been a stressful time. Um, but for us personally, it was a pretty, pretty, you know, pretty non-stressful time. We were just kind of keeping to ourselves, coming up with fun date night ideas, you know, mixing cocktails and doing, doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, and so then we had a follow-up meeting with our recurrent pregnancy loss specialist at the end of April. Um, I decided for the month of April after testing and tracking and doing all that for so many months to just give it a break. Um, and we, you know, we just were having a lot of fun and I wasn't concentrating on my, on my cycle. Um, so we had the appointment with the recurrent pregnancy loss specialist on a Monday afternoon. She was pretty positive. I mean, she was understanding that the chemical pregnancies were making us feel bad and not getting pregnant and tracking was, was tough but she you know, told us to continue. Um, she told us that we were getting pregnant and that if th in three months, if we weren't pregnant to come back and she had some further testing to do, but it was expensive and she didn't see a reason for it at that point. So she said, just hold off on it. Let's just see what the next three months do. So that was on a Monday afternoon. And on the following Tuesday morning, I got my big fat positive. <laughs> so really, I wasn't expecting it. Um, I don't even know why I tested because I was like, was not, I had told myself I wasn't going to test. I wasn't pregnancy spotted, like symptom spotting. I wasn't doing anything to track my cycle, but it was the day my period was due. I had one of those cheap tests and I took it. I took it. And then about a minute later, I looked at it, you know, it was negative. I didn't see a line put it down and went and worked out in the morning. Um, and honestly, it wasn't one of those where I put it down and like, was like, okay, maybe when I come back, it'll be positive. It was just, it was just so quick. I didn't really think much of it. And later that morning when I went to go into the bathroom to get ready, looked at it again to throw it out and it was completely positive. And I'd never had a positive that early on one of those cheap pregnancy tests. It's like, oh my gosh. And I, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's totally positive, but it's also been a really long time. So I don't know. I don't know. So I woke my husband up, had him look at it and he's like, yeah, there's, I mean, that's, that's a line. So take another one. So I did. And it was positive within the three minutes, very positive. And I, gosh, we were just we were so excited. I remember telling him just sitting there like, I have a really good feeling about this one. Um, and we continued to test for several days, maybe three, four more days with those cheap ones. Again, I couldn't just run out to Walgreens because everything was locked down to pick up those first response, early response, which I can't stand right now because I just never had good luck with them. I'd always see a line or, you know, do the phone holding up thing or bringing it up to the light. And I mean, I didn't have to do any of that with this and it was so refreshing. And we decided to hold off on telling any of the doctors because I just wanted a few days to enjoy this before doing serial blood draws and having nerves about what the blood draws would say. So tested for about another four days. Then we gave it a break. Then we tested maybe three days later, still positive, no bleeding, 
nothing was wrong and called my doctor, my recurrent pregnancy loss specialist. She had me come in. She had me only come in twice for a blood draw, for the first one and the second one. And then she never did one again. She said, you know, your numbers look good. I'm happy. Like, we're just doing ultrasounds from now on every week. So that took a lot off me because I just, prior pregnancies, I would get blood draws all the time and I would, you know, get nervous about the numbers, be happy about the numbers, and then be nervous a day later about the next blood draw. Um, so this time, that was much easier. And I did ultrasounds with the specialist for the first 15 weeks of my pregnancy. Every week, I think maybe near the end there, I was doing them every other week. That was nerve wracking, of course, you know, sort of like the blood draws, you feel good when you leave there and everything looks good. And then you start to get nervous and anxious in a couple days, but everything was looking good. And after the 15 weeks, I was discharged to a regular OBGYN. So I am 34 weeks pregnant today. Um, it's been a pretty quiet pregnancy, knock on wood medical wise, which is what I prayed for so much when we were trying that I would just get a quiet, regular pregnancy. Um, but I don't, that doesn't negate from the fact that I have such, such high anxiety through all of this. Um, I have these irrational fears every day, sometimes every hour, that this will all be over in an instant or taken in an instant. And I understand that medically nothing's pointing to that, but you know, just pregnancy after loss, that's, that's just kind of how, how it goes, I guess. Um, I did get on anxiety medication around the third trimester. Um, my doctor was great. She kept discussing it with me through the entire pregnancy, letting me know that it was an option. It was available. Let me know if you need it. Um, she didn't push it, but she was very cognizant of the fact that this is, this is hard for me. And, um, that has helped a lot. I still have anxiety, but I, I tell my husband it's like a subdued anxiety. Um, and, you know, the whole being pregnant with COVID, um, especially at the beginning, I felt like it was, and this sounds awful, but it was, it was good for us. I mean, my husband could help with everything. I really just laid low. Um, he was here because he wasn't working as much. Um, we could keep it hidden from family and friends so easily. There just wasn't a lot of pressure on us during that time. And it was, it, it was nice to have that. And it's, it's awful that what's going, what's going on, but it was nice to have that during that time. And I feel like with being pregnant after loss, you're already sort of robbed of a lot of joys and just, and things, I mean, it's, we're still excited, we're still joyful, we're still happy, but it, I don't feel like COVID has impacted our experience necessarily. Like we were already going to not have a normal experience, so I don't feel like it robbed us of that. And you know, if anything, I didn't have to do a baby shower, which I never wanted to do anyway. I just, it's hard to explain to people that you're excited, you are so excited, you're over the moon but not at every moment. And so when people are excited for you and you, all you're standing there thinking is, does my baby have a heartbeat right now? It's, 
it's really, it's, it's hard to explain that to someone if they haven't been through it. Um, but we are, we are still pregnant, 34 weeks. Um, we're due at the beginning of January. We're very excited. Um, and we're just, we're ready. I mean, we, we're still very guarded, but we're just, it still feels very unreal if I had to put it, if I had to put it one way or another, but yeah, but yeah it's, it's, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. I, I don't know if, like, when you were kind of explaining the whole baby shower thing and whatnot, I don't know if you yeah. this way, but when I was pregnant, I always felt like talking about it was going to jinx it. Yes. So like talking about it and celebrating it, it was like this really weird feeling of like, if I do this, I'm going to jinx this. Like, it was just so odd. Yeah. It's like almost every milestone, like if I celebrate or if I let my guard down, Mm -hmm. then something bad's going to happen. Yeah. I think it's a very normal feeling. Pregnancy after loss, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe miscarriage prepped us all for pregnancy during COVID. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. I'm just like, I'm so excited. I'm just like, like excited about being pregnant that it like, hasn't really impacted me much with and yeah. that's that. I mean, obviously it has impacted us, but like, yeah. I don't know, it just doesn't bother me so much. And my husband's like, yeah, you can go to the ultrasounds. Obviously he's disappointed, but he's like, I am just so happy you're pregnant and that yeah. this is going well. Uh, mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I always ask at the end of every episode, you know this, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Yeah, I thought about this. Um, and this piece of advice is, is, it's hard advice. It's, it's hard advice for myself to even do or, but I guess if you're in that cycle of tracking, symptom spotting, and then testing like crazy, pull yourself out of it however you can possibly do it. If it, that means, you know, having a hard conversation with yourself or seeing a therapist or, you know, doing stuff during the month that takes your mind off of it. And I know not every month you probably would be successful at it, but just really take a step back and look, if you're in that cycle, what is this doing for you? Because when I did that, it was like, I had spent almost a year of just obsessing every month over this. And I sort of missed like small joys in life or, you know, the little celebrations of birthdays or promotions or things like it was just, I was so obsessed with that, that I feel like I lost a lot of myself and a lot of, a lot of time being caught up on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was totally obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Again, so much easier said than done because I, I know it's like people would tell me that and I'd be like, well, screw you. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Thank Somebody you. To reach out to you. Where could they do so? Yeah, you can do it on um, Instagram. Uh, my, my Instagram name is uh, Nea346, N-E-A-346. Awesome. Well, thank you for thank you and giving us an update. I really appreciate it. Update episodes are my favorite. Um, so yeah, I'm bringing a little hope to everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And good luck. Thank you. Bye. Keep me posted. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. Just leave.